Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan William, your host. Today was day four, the final day of Funnel Hacking Live. We're here in Atlanta, Florida, and we're live streaming this uh, at, the, at the end of a very long conference day. Uh, because we had so much material today, I'm going to just cover two of the presentations. Uh, I'm going to speak about Russell Brunson and what he told us today, and then I'm going to share um, some of the highlights from four hours or five hours of, of uh, training that we received from Tony Robbins. So uh, let's start with Russell Brunson. Uh, Russell Brunson told us that he, is, he was announcing a new uh, award called Bootstrapped Entrepreneur of the Year. And this will be given to businesses uh, similar to the Ernst and, Yo Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award except it will be given to businesses that did not take venture capital funding but built and grew their business through bootstrap strategies by, by generating the revenue themselves that was used to grow their business. Russell Brunson also talked to us about finding a level 10 business opportunity. He said that early on in his business he felt that he and Todd had a level 10 skill set. They, they had the talents to do something amazing but they were pursuing business opportunities that were too small. They had a level 10 skill set, but not a level 10 opportunity. And they were searching for that level 10 opportunity when they found ClickFunnels. And he encouraged us to look for our level 10 opportunities as well. Um, to find his level 10 opportunity, they felt that it was within the software space and they were specifically looking for something in software. Russell also told the story of Rand Fishkin. Rand Fishkin is a, a very successful entrepreneur. Um, he's built a business called SEO Moz, which I believe is the number one search engine optimization um, tool and, and uh, subscription service. And after this speaking appointment or, or event where Rand was speaking, uh, they went up to him and they asked him the question, if he could do it over again, would, would he still take the venture capital? And Rand confided in Russell that he dealt with depression and that if he had it to do over again he would not take the money. He said that many of the people he coaches make a lot more money than him. He said he's not allowed to have a side job. He said that his board sets his salary. He's not allowed to have a, a company car. Russell uh, voxed the team and told them that, uh, that they were going to bootstrap and not take investment money. And I feel the same way. I've been I've been able to raise millions of dollars over the years and I've had some very good investors, uh, but I feel the same way. I, if it's at all possible when I advise other people and within my own businesses, um, I try to do everything to avoid taking external investment and giving away equity and I advise my consulting clients to do the same. There's a freedom that comes with owning control of your company and owning all of your company and not having to, to give away that equity. You're not forced to make uh, bad long-term decisions for investors that are pushing you to make short-term and short-term poor decisions uh, to, to get a quick uh, bump in their investment. Russell also announced that they did another acquisition this year. And, and if you remember, a couple nights ago, I reported that um, he announced the purchase of Magnet Media, which was Dan, Kemp Dan Kennedy's company. 
Um, and in that purchase, ClickFunnels acquired 35 different book titles along with a bunch of other assets. Um, in the purchase he announced today, ClickFunnels uh, brought in Brixen. Brixen is a software product that builds video marketing tools such as Doodly. Doodly is a whiteboard anim animation ads creation software. Uh, Brixen also makes Toonly, which creates cartoon sales videos. And it makes Voomly, which creates hosts and which allows you to create host and sell your own video courses. Russell left us with a quote from Winston Churchill that said, to each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively trapped on the shoulder, excuse me, figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Now, obviously, Winston Churchill was referring to the war, but Russell felt that was very appropriate to us as entrepreneurs, to, to being prepared for, for our special opportunity. In the afternoon, we were able to hear Tony Robbins speak. And Tony Robbins um, is, is just on, on such a higher level. He's the category king in, in that personal development coaching space. And the main theme that he talked about the most was energy. He taught us about the importance of energy and, and why it's so important to keep our energy up and how to keep our energy up. And he foc focused so hard on helping us keep our energy up through that session. Tony Robbins is one of the top six business leaders in the world. He is incredibly influential and has, has coached many of the top celebrities and athletes and six of the United States presidents. Um, he's had two of the presidents of the United States call him for advice right before they were going to be impeached. Um, he's that kind of person that people turn to for advice and presidents of, of both parties. He owns more than one, he owns 105 companies that have a combined valuation, excuse me, a combined annual revenue of $8 billion. He also has had 4 million people who have attended his live events. Sorry, I'm, it's, it's pretty late at night here. It's, it's after midnight and, and I'm finally getting this recorded. The conference went long and, and then got dinner. Um, Tony has worked um, excuse me, Tony advised us that if you want to make a billion dollars, you need to focus on helping a billion people. If, if your focus is on helping a lot of people, uh, the money will flow through. He talked about the imposter syndrome and how a lot of people today believe they have this imposter syndrome. And he says that's really not a thing. He says that's a fancy word for saying I'm scared. He said that a decision made out of fear is the wrong decision and encourage us to make the decision we feel is right, whichever direction that goes, but to never make our decision out of fear. He said that the people in the room were all achievers. And he said that stress is achievers word for fear. He said that most people are scared that they won't be loved and accepted. And he said that he doesn't give a bleep how we feel. He said that most of us for most of us, the real challenge is that we're waiting for perfection, which will never happen. And we've got to be willing to move forward without that. He said that we're operating in survival when we should just be moving forward and crushing it. He, he encourages to never use the imposter syndrome term again. He said, we're just scared and we should do it anyway. He gave an example. He said that every morning he gets up 
and when he's at one of his houses and he gets in a cold pool, an ice bath that's 56 degrees. He says that he never ever wants to do it, but he just tells himself, go, and he does it. He said the difference between having the life we want or not is whether or not we do the things that we want to do when we don't feel like doing them. He said that if you keep doing those things, the things that we know will get us what we want, that we will get that result we want. He said if you try it and it doesn't work, change it. And if it still doesn't work, change it again and keep changing it as many times as you need to change it until you get the result that you want. He gave the analogy of a child uh, starting to walk, right? And, and let's say the child started to walk and they fell and started to walk and they fell. At what point do they give up and stop trying? They don't. They just keep trying. The parents keep encouraging them until they can walk. And the same thing is true for entrepreneurs and these life goals that we're trying to achieve. We should just keep doing them and keep changing until we can, we can achieve those goals. He talked about his passion for feeding the hungry and said that each year he feeds about 850 million meals, gives, gives away about 850 meals in the United States. He gives away those meals because of a situation that happened in his life, and I'll share that story in a minute. He talked about that he is here because that he's done all of the uncomfortable things continuously. Those hard things that aren't easy to do, he has the discipline to do them and he does them over and over again. He talked about how progress equals happiness. Happiness isn't necessarily achieving the goal. There's many people that, that have a huge goal to win an Olympic event or, or build a huge company and they, they achieve that and then they say to themselves, is this it? And he said that much more satisfaction is actually uh, received by the progress to get to the goal instead of just the goal. He said, if you're not where you want to be, just focus on making progress and that progress will make you happy and you'll continue to focus on making more progress towards achieving your goal. He told the story of his first event. Um, and for this event, he rented a big hotel room in Los Angeles. He did a ton of marketing that everybody said would fill the room. And when he showed up for the event, he only had seven people there. But he did the entire four-day event anyway. That showed his commitment as an artist to his craft. He talked about a concept that he called the threshold of control. This is the thing that we must master if we want to take control of our life. He gave the example of an intermediate skier who's skiing on the slopes and then they accidentally take the wrong turn and they end up at a black diamond. And many of us, I've been in that same situation, we'll, we'll either scoot down on our bum or we'll you know, do whatever we can to, to get away from the, that black diamond. But he encouraged us to take a different route. He said that courage means you're afraid and you do it anyway. He said that so many of us were stuck as constant intermediate skiers, as an analogy for business and for life. Um, because when we hit that black diamond, we shy away from that challenge. He basically said, don't wait until you're ready for the black diamond. Just do it. Go as far as you can to the right, and then turn and go as far as you can to the left. And pretty soon, you're down that hill. And, and the same thing is true in business and a lot of the, the big things we tackle in our lives. Just take the black diamond and do it, even if you're not ready. He said that the difference between faith and fear is action just doing it. He said that if you want more, 
you need more faith. And you show your faith by taking action. He again talked a little more about that threshold of control. And he said that every time someone says it's impossible, you have to find a way. Um, he gave the example, I think it's the example of Cortez, where he, he burned the boats. And the way Tony said it is, if you want to take the island, burn the boats. Tony talked about how complexity is the enemy of execution. He encouraged us uh, to not make things too complex, to do everything we can to, to make them simpler. And he says it's, it's harder to make them simpler. He said that the most important thing is maximizing energy. He said that low energy is a bleep life. Uh, when things are measured and focused on, they get better. And when we, sometimes we as people drop energy because we don't want to annoy people. And then we're lowering our energy and we're operating at the state of lower energy. He said that passion not expressed doesn't grow, it shrinks. He asked, do you want to do business with a level six energy person? You know, it's, it's much more fun and we're, we're much more eager to do business with someone that has a much higher energy level. He gave the example of being a parent and said, if you're a parent with a level six energy, your kids are going to end up managing you. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone where they thought you were weak and they treated you very inappropriately? Um, often that's because of your energy level. We often just need to raise our energy level uh, to be appropriate for the situation. He talked about the pandemic and how early in the pandemic he had uh, programs scheduled all across the world in many different countries. And, and all of those countries closed down at about the same time and, and his programs were canceled almost simultaneously. So he tried to move his programs to Vegas and then Vegas closed him down. And then he tried to do it in theaters because they said you could only gather in groups of 10. So he said he'd, he tried to do a deal with AMC where, where he would put 10 people in each theater all across the country. Um, but then before, as he was trying to negotiate that deal with, with AMC, the theaters were closed down. Then he tried to do the events in, in some big churches because he thought that churches would be safe and, and wouldn't be closed down. But, but that obviously wasn't inaccurate. And so his response to that is, wow, it's been a long time since something really challenged me. Right? Instead of being down and, and staying down, he, he took it as a challenge and he, he saw it as a worthy opponent. So he turned his focus to online uh, virtual events. And it, it actually ended up being much better for him because he was able to serve 10 times the number of people during the pandemic through those virtual events. Tony talked about how it's so important that we fall in love with our clients instead of our products or service. We need to be a customer-focused business instead of a product-centric business. Tony said multiple times during his presentation that life is always happening for us and not to us. That's a paradigm shift that we need to make. He talked about a decision, and sometimes we make decisions, and then it's, it's very easy for us to, to change our mind and to quit and to fail the first time something goes wrong with those decisions. And he said that's really not a decision if we don't have a serious commitment to the decision. He said that a decision is where you cut off everything rather other than what you decided. So you really have to you know, burn your ship so there's no other option back to, to fail. He told a story of when he was a young boy and 
he was raised in a home with, without a lot of financial means. And he said that there were numerous times where they would just have saltine crackers with butter on them. And there was a time when his family didn't have food. And somebody knocked on the door and Tony answered the door. And the man who was there was delivering bags of food. And there was a, a turkey in a pot ready to boil. And he went and got his father and his father came to the door and his father got very angry at the man and said, we don't accept charity and slammed the door on the man a couple of times. And, and the man finally said, well, don't let your pride stop you from, you know, your, your boy from having the food that he needs. And so the dad got angry and took the food anyway and then slammed the door. And Tony said that his father had been focused on his failure to provide for his family and, and how that made him feel like a fail, failure. And as a result, he was very resistant to this man who had brought the food and, and ultimately his father chose to leave uh, that situation. Where Tony was focused on the gratitude for the food. Look at this amazing thing that someone just brought us food and, and he was focused on how strangers cared for them. Because of that situation that Tony went through, he was committed um, and, and very sensitive to the cause of hunger. And since then, more than a billion people have been fed because of the kindness of that one person who brought food to Tony's family. So think about the impact that you can make as, as you do good and the ripple effect as that motivates and inspires people to, to um, pass it forward, to share it forward. Um, Tony told the story of the first Thanksgiving that he wanted to give it back to other people. And he went and bought uh, food at a grocery store for two families. And then he called a church and asked if they had a couple of families who needed help but maybe were too proud to get some food. Families that had been in the same situation as him. And he got the addresses of the family, the families, and he went and delivered the food personally. And he told the story of one woman who answered the door and just shrieked in delight and pulled his head down and started kissing him. And, and they opened the door and there were four kids in there and they screamed. And, and the kids came and helped him carry in all the food. And Tony realized from that situation that his worst day, that situation with his father and, and not having that food, had become his best day. It had motivated him to go out and give and make a difference and make a contribution. He had been sensitive to something. So maybe we each can look inside of ourselves and look at the challenges and the trauma that we've had to go through. And maybe we even need to ask God why we went through that and what we need to learn from that and what good we can do as a result of that. What did that situation make us sensitive to that, that we can then help other people who are in similar situations? Tony talked about and, and, and told us that we've got to do the uncomfortable stuff. But he said to do that, we have to raise our energy to another level. Um, I, I'm going to do an episode and I'm going to talk about this, but I went through this in my life where um, I was naturally a very passionate, high energy person when I was younger. And, and there were a lot of people who told me that I need to be you know, less energetic and less passionate. And I've, I've spent most of my professional career trying to kind of bottle that passion level. And it's been so refreshing at this conference to to have people tell me, no, I, I really need to be operating at that higher energy and higher passion level and, and that I will be able to achieve my, my mission so much better when I operate there. 
Tony talked about leadership and said that the greatest attribute of a leader is influence. He said, you have to figure out what influences each person because different people have, have different motivations. Tony talked about how in situations that, that sometimes defeat people, we can handle those situations in, in different ways with, with much more energy. For example, if we were at a restaurant and somebody broke up with us, we can go out the door and say, next. <laughs> or let's say we're in a situation with someone who's really struggling with a challenge, maybe a, a customer service issue at work, right? Tony said that we could just say, move over, I've got it. Um, he, gave, he gave some different examples of, of how we can just step up with that high energy and, and change the situation instead of allowing the, high, the negative energy to pull us down. Tony talked about breakthroughs and said that a breakthrough is a moment in time when the impossible becomes possible and you act on it. He said that most of us are so general in what we're asking for. We say, for example, we say we want to make money and then we get a few dollars and we've actually got exactly what we asked for, but that's not really what we want. So we've got to be a lot more specific um, in what we're asking for. He said that related to that, clarity is power. And the more clear we are about what we want and why we want it, our power is unleashed. He said that where you focus, that's where you go. He told the story of a friend of his that took him to drive race cars. And this friend had developed a special car where he could pull a lever and it lifted one of the wheels off the ground. And when you're going really fast, you know, 150 miles an hour, and, and you lift a tire off the ground, it immediately puts the car into a spin. And the friend developed this vehicle because he wanted to uh, teach drivers how to deal with spins. And instead of focusing on the wall where you don't want to go, the secret is you have to focus on where you want to go. You have to turn your head away from the wall because your steering goes where your head is. So this friend took, uh, took Tony out and Tony knew exactly what he was gonna do and he was driving at 150 or so miles an hour and the friend pulled that lever, the car went into the spin, Tony knew exactly what he was gonna do and he looked at the wall. He looked at exactly where he didn't want to go and the wheel started going with it. And the friend pushed his head the other direction and that forced the wheel to turn the direction he was supposed to go. And Tony's point there is just because you know it in here doesn't mean that your natural reactions are going to do it when it's the, the time you need to act. And then they did it again and again and again. And after numerous times of doing it, Tony had it down. And when they went into the spin, Tony immediately did the right thing with it. So it's this, this perfect practice that makes us perfect, right? And he talked about you get what you focus on. And then we can't focus on the wall. We can't focus on what we don't want to get and what we're trying to avoid. We have to focus on what we want, which is the, the safe driving direction. He gave the example of Michael Jordan, which we've all is Michael Jordan worked out six days a week, even during the off season. Michael Jordan was the master of repetition and would do one, would shoot until he had made 1,000 shots a day. He did a lot of weightlifting before weightlifting was a thing. He just put in the reps so that he naturally would get the result when, when the shot was down to the wire and he had to take the game-winning shot. He talked about momentum. And, and sometimes people 
are successful and then they take their foot off the gas and, and they lose their momentum. And he said, you, you can never um, get momentum. Um, you can never take your foot off the gas when, when you have the momentum. You've got to keep that momentum going. Um, he also said that you can't get momentum and be happy when you focus on what's wrong. The only way you'll be able to have that momentum is if you focus on what's right. He said that the number one pattern you change is to focus on what you have, to focus on gratitude, to focus on, on that abundance even. He asked, do you focus more on what you can control or what you can't control? Do you focus more on the past, the present, or the future? Um, and encouraged us that we need to focus on what we can control and we need to focus on the present more. He asked, how many people do we know that take antidepressants and they're still depressed? And, and there were many, many hands in the room that went up. He said that's because they're just numb. The antidepressants just numb us, but they're not solving the problem. He said that those people are still, might still be constantly focusing on what they can't control and what's missing in their life. And what they've got to do is shift that focus. He said that if you change your pattern, you change your life. He also said that we all get what we tolerate in ourselves. That kind of becomes the lowest common denominator. If we're willing to tolerate something that's less than our goals, that's less than what we want to achieve, that's what we're going to end up with. So we need to be tolerating less. He said that everyone is going to have extreme stress in their lives. That's just part of life. He said he talked a lot about about brand advertising. He said, you used to get a, a brand by advertising, and it's harder to do advertising effectively today that way. That, that model really doesn't work. He says, one of the reasons for that is advertising's everywhere. He talked about uh, banner blindness, and he asked how many people just ignore ad banners today, and almost every hand in that room of thousands of people went up. He said that previously, it used to take about six exposures of an ad before someone would notice us but now it takes about 16. He talked about how people don't buy products. They buy feelings and identities. He told us and, and talked to us about the importance of knowing which of our customers, which of our, our groups spends the most money, where 20% of our people make us 80% of our income. We need to identify that so that we can focus on those 20% of the people and take really good care of them. He said that most of us in the room are still business operators. He encourages us to build systems that work when we're not there so that we can become business owners instead of business operators. He said that's the next level for everyone in the room. He said that it requires a completely different skill set mindset to get to $10 million of revenue and $50 million of revenue instead of just $1 million of revenue. You might get to the $1 million of revenue as an operator but if you can switch to being an owner and, and you can have a team of people who are doing it and you're not limited by your time, um, you can scale your company a lot easier. He told the story of a realtor who was, who was just about to go out of business. In the previous year, he'd only sold one home in this part of town. And that part of town was having a trash strike. And it had been 47 days in that community without any trash pickup. So imagine how, how much it reeked and the piles of trash that were all around that community. And so the realtor did the research and found a trash company that he could pay to come to the community and, excuse me, and pick up all of the trash. 
And so he did that. He paid about $2,900 without, without telling anybody he had all of the trash cleaned up one day in the community. And then people came home and their trash was gone. The community was clean. The stench was removed. And people started calling him and asking, was it you? And when they finally discovered that it was him, people started wanting to pay their share. And he wouldn't accept any of their money. He, he was making a deposit into their bank accounts. And so people said, okay, well, what can I do for you? And he told them that if they ever wanted to list their home for sale, um, they could list it with him and he'd be happy to help them get their home sold. And like I said before, before that, that trash pickup event, he'd only sold one home in that community. But after that, there was only one home that he didn't sell. Everybody else um, listed their home with him and he made more than a million dollars from selling homes in that community. So that's it. That's my summary for today. It was a completely energetic day, even if you're not feeling all the energy for me here at one o'clock in the morning. Um, if you enjoyed uh, what I shared with you today, you can subscribe to my Monetization Nation show on Facebook, on our Facebook group, on Instagram, on Twitter, on, our, on your favorite pod podcast platform. You can follow our blog at monetizationnation.com. You can also download a free ebook that I wrote about passion marketing at passionmarketing.com. So thanks for joining me for this episode. Wish you success on your venture.